Welcome to the Team Us Podcast. We're Ted and Ashley Slater. As couples, we all want to win in marriage, right? And we don't mean in a who's right or who's wrong sort of way, but together as a united team. Oneness in marriage isn't always easy, though. Sometimes it's really hard. It can be a struggle to stay connected and face the difficulties of everyday life together. If we're not intentional, it's easy for the us, the you and me, to quickly become you versus me. Well, this podcast is all about marriage as a team and how to live the everyday moments of your marriage together. We'll share honestly and humorously with you about the betters and the worsts of our marriage. You'll hear how grace, commitment, cooperation, and lots and lots of laughter have helped us stay united. Plus, in every episode, you'll also get some practical tips and tools to apply to your marriage. We want to see your team us win. We're cheering you on. So let's get started. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Team Us podcast. Welcome back to episode number... Five. Five. Yeah. Well, today we're talking about conflict Mm. because it can make or break how we live out life as a team. Mm. We're going to look at how to work through conflict in ways and times that unite us as couples because when we do, we can view conflict as an adventure rather than a threat. But first, Ted, I thought we'd get real vulnerable. Oh, great. I love this part of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and um, share one of our conflict stories. Uh-huh. So something in, recent or something from? Last five years. Okay. Yeah. So we mentioned last time that we like to travel. Mm-hmm. So you and I have ridden the metro in both Paris and Washington, D.C. together. We've taken buses, cable cars, and trains in San Francisco. Mm-hmm. We've navigated lots of airports and lots of road trips, mm-hmm. but... Do you remember Uh-oh. when we got in a fight when we rode the um, subway in New York together the first time? It was confusing. Yeah, I do. It was not a, a high point in my life. Or mine. Yeah. I mean, we were there with our two oldest girls who mm-hmm. were doing um, a performance there. Mm-hmm. And so I was reading the maps and I had never ridden the New York subway before. Mm-hmm. But you had. I had. I knew enough that it could be confusing if you got on the wrong uh, train it would take you to the wrong place or it'd skip certain stops yeah so i we got on the the train right and right i was like is this the express is this the the regular is it going to skip our stop and go on to the next one i had all these questions <laughs> and i didn't have answers all i uh-huh. knew is that we wanted the blue a-line and it was pretty clear that it was the blue A-line, right? Right. And so I just kept saying, you were asking, you were looking more and more frazzled. And you're asking me, okay, is it the Express or the local? And I'm like, right. I don't know. It's the blue A-line. We need the blue A-line. And so we just kind of went back and forth while we were riding the subway. Oof. So you're getting increasingly frustrated. Yeah. I'm getting, I think, doubtful of my ability and insecure, <laughs> but also a little frustrated because I did do my research. Mm-hmm. You had. But I also didn't know all the ins and outs of the subway. So Correct. by the time we get off, which it was the right train. <laughs> it certainly was. And we drop our girls off at their rehearsal for their performance. Uh-huh. We're pretty upset at each other, pretty agitated. Uh, and so we end up, I think, in this little like deli coffee shop. And honestly, what I really wanted to do was to leave you there and go back to the hotel. <laughs> oh, my because I was really? Because I was upset. <sighs> And it's uncomfortable 
to talk through conflict, right? Right, right. But I didn't leave. You didn't shut down. Nope. And we sat there and talked about it, even though it was really, really uncomfortable. Was this that uh, little deli? Was it drizzly outside? No, that was a different oh, time. Okay. Different time. Different yeah, we place. were in New York a lot that year. Yeah, we should, sure were. <laughs> Just because of different things with our kids. And at this deli, was I eating a lot of uh, pickled cucumbers? No, Not I don't one. think so. I don't actually remember what we ate. Probably because we were trying to work through mm-hmm. conflict. But we worked I, through it, right? We did. Yeah. Yeah. We did. And I actually think that the most, you know, the most important part of the story mm-hmm. is that we were both determined to work through the conflict, no matter how uncomfortable it was. It took a lot of humility, a lot of confession, a lot of just sort of explaining this is why I did what I did, but I apologize. Yeah. And just um, really being committed to work through it. And I think also... We both realized at this point in our marriage that conflict can actually be an adventure, not a threat, right? Oh, certainly. People, when I have talked about this in different interviews over the years, people are like, what? Conflict as an adventure? What in the world do you mean? Right, because we usually think of an adventure as something you, uh, you embark on, you know, voluntarily and it's uh, exciting and thrilling and upbeat and happy and ex- all that. Right. Unless you're like Bilbo Baggins. Bilbo Baggins. From, from The Hobbit. The Hobbit. Uh, he liked a simple life. He did not like... Adventure. Adventure. Um, what did he right. say? He, uh, I'm trying to remember what he said. He, he said something about, I don't want adventures because they're nasty, disturbing uh, things that make you late for dinner. Right. Or something yeah. like that. Uncomfortable. Exactly. That's what he told Gandalf. And if we really think about it, in some way he's right. Adventures aren't simply these exciting, thrill-seeking activities. Mm-hmm. Merriam-Webster even points to an adventure as being an undertaking, usually involving danger and unknown risks. Hmm. That does sound like an adventure. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's because they challenge and stretch us in ways that force us to change. I mean, yeah, there's excitement, but that may not always feel exciting. You know, adventures can elicit fear and discouragement and, you know, maybe even the desire to give up and go home. Sure. You see that a lot in these uh, movies, the, um, you know, superhero movies or the stuff that we would say is adventurous. And the participants are often not enjoying the adventure. <laughs> right. They're not. Mm-mm. Okay. So what does that have to do with marriage and conflict, right? Mm-hmm. Well, dealing with conflict in marriage can be uncomfortable and inconvenient, as we shared in our subway story, you know, it disturbs our status quo and can even disturb our dinner plans or, you know, our date nights, mm-hmm. I guess we should call them. Um, and I think sometimes we react like Bilbo did. We say, sorry, I don't want any conflict. Thank you. Not today. Um, and I know in our early days of our marriage, that's how I felt. I would avoid conflict. I talk a lot about that in the book. Right. Right. I remember, um, it was like sweeping under the rug. Mm hmm. You know, it's like there was some conflict. I knew something had gone on, but then we just didn't talk about it. Right. It felt like it kept, it was always there and not resolved. Right. Because I just didn't know how to talk about it. Right. It was easier to try to deal with it on my own and then I would be okay, but we never, after a few days, but we never resolved the issue. So it would come up again. Yeah. And it was just like there's some, something subtle and simmering. That's alliteration, by the way. Right. Subtle and simmering (laughs) underneath the surface, you know, in our relationship that I knew something was not quite right. Right. But over the years, I've stopped running from conflict and Mm -hmm. we've started viewing it as an adventure 
that it can be dangerous mm-hmm. and risky undertaking, but, but it's worth brought, it. Right. It's brought good to our relationship. Mm-hmm. I think it strengthened us. Absolutely. And I think that a big thing is as we've worked through each conflict, it gives us confidence when we face future conflicts. That we can make it through. Right. We go, mm-hmm. okay, we've gotten through a hard, uncomfortable thing before. We can do it again. So, okay. Yes. So viewing conflict as an adventure as a start, you know, it addresses kind of our heart attitude toward conflict. But what does it mean to face conflict as a team? Or in other words, what are the ways we want to work together through conflict? And I think that it really requires that we die to ourselves. Mm. You know, James in the New Testament, mm-hmm. in the book of James, I mean, he asks a rhetorical question, right? He's like, what causes conflict among us? Right. I remember a sermon 10, 15, 20 years ago that went through this. It was uh, your passions warring within you, um, basically wanting your own way. Darn it. And when you don't get your own way, 100%, there, there's conflict because there's somebody preventing you from having your own way. Darn it. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I mean, okay. So our natural inclinations to have things our own way. Absolutely. And we course. even talked about this back in episode three, when we talked about killing those old habits, mm-hmm. right? It takes time to kill those old habits. And it's natural for us to think of me first and foremost. I mean, think about Adam and Eve after the fall. I mean, what was the first thing Adam did? Uh, he blamed, he essentially blamed God. Right. For giving me this woman. I mean, she messed up. Yeah, but uh, this mess up would not have happened if you hadn't provided her to me. Right. So he very much went into a me first attitude. How can I protect myself? And I think we often do that too, right? Yeah, of course. In our relationships. But Mm -hmm. what would happen if in our arguments we decided to rebel against that me first attitude? What if we approached conflict with a team first attitude? Team first attitude, right. Right. So if we think back to episode one Mm -hmm. and how we define team, you know, a team is more than one person coming together for a common purpose or goal. Um, A team works together for the united good, not merely their individual interests. They put the long-term health of their relationship and its mission ahead of their own personal agenda. So, And that doesn't come naturally. It's got to be intentional. Right. It's hard. I mean, I think each time you do it, it Mm -hmm. gets easier because it becomes more natural. More natural, sure. Right? It's Mm -hmm. practice. You develop the habits. You develop the muscle memory. Yeah. Practice makes progress. Right. Like we talked about. Yep. Um, but what does this look like to switch from like a me first to a f- team first fighter? So you actually have this list of what it looks like to be a me first fighter versus a team first fighter. That's from the book. So you're going to do, and I have it printed on this piece of paper that you can hear rattling <laughs> around. So what I have before me is a chart with two columns and seven rows. And, uh, and the first column, it's the me first fighter. And the second column is the team first fighter. And you want to be the team first fighter. Right. Right. So the first uh, example is a me first attitude or mentality is the sort of characterizing me first fighter as opposed to a team first fighter, which is an other first attitude or mentality. So, for example, in our argument about the trains, um, if I was taking the me first, I'd, I'd continue to say, but I've heard that there are these express lines and I keep defending myself. And if, uh, if I'm taking the other first attitude or mentality, I'd slow down. I try to take your perspective. You had done some research already. You already knew it was what the blue 
The blue A line. The blue A line. Yeah. So if I pause, stop defending myself, and listen to what you're saying, what you've done, there's no need for me to continue arguing, you know? Right. And it's thinking about the other person in that argument too, not just thinking about yourself, which is what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Let's go to the second one. Um, a me first fighter, uh, characterized by a disregard for the other person's perspective versus a team first fighter, a desire to understand where the other is coming from. And that we just talked about Right. That. Exactly. Yeah. Good. And we have, we have learned these, just throw this in. We have learned this from these, from personal experience sure. <laughs> over the years. Mm -hmm. And I bet it resonates with the, the listeners as well. Yeah. Um, a third point, a me first fighter is characterized by a fear for, or protection of our own personal interest, reputation. Um, actually that's the next one also right, yeah. deep concern for our own reputation. So that's three and four, our personal interest and our reputation, which those really can be combined. Yeah. It's very similar, right? Yeah. A team first fighter on the other hand, uh, is, uh, wanting a peace brought about by shared interests and less concern for personal reputation. Right. Like once you questioned me or for, let's look at me in this. Mm -hmm, I'll look at myself mm -hmm, in this. Mm -hmm. I should not have been worried about what I, whether I was right or not right. I should have been more concerned with, okay, let's work together to figure out whether we really are on the right train instead of saying, well, I did my research and. Yeah, but we're, we're under a lot of pressure yes. and we're under time constraints. Right. And so it's pretty urgent that we get it right. This is true. And so in retrospect, I think it was good for you to to push since you had done more research about this particular uh, journey than I had. Right. And I mean, we were on the train, so we were going where we were going regardless. It was moving. <laughs> uh, we are committed here. Right. <laughs> um, we just need to know whether we needed to know where to get off and get on the right train. If, right. Yeah. And reputation. Um See, I'm able to say I was wrong. Right. No, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I meant what I said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so maybe for my reputation, that may diminish my reputation saying I was wrong. Yeah. But it makes our team stronger because, um, because something, because of what? Well, because our common goal is being accomplished by both of us putting the other first and working mm -hmm. together rather than getting stuck in what we think is right and yeah. committed to proving it. And I think there's a strength in our team when we can admit we're wrong. Right. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. A me-first fighter is characterized by a lack of grace and understanding, whereas a team-first fighter extends grace uh, and understanding. I think in that case, you know, I could have had a little more grace for the fact that you had good intentions. You wanted to make sure we were going the right place and got there at the right time. Uh, so I could have had more grace you know, in the that situation. Tells me that, that, that reminds me that maybe we could have used the sandwich method at that point where you could have said, Ted, I know you've done your research. I affirm that. And you're absolutely right. That there is a different kinds of lines here in, in New York, in the subway. Um, in this instance, I've done specific research <laughs> on this particular, uh, you know, route from here to here. Um, but I do appreciate all the work you've done, you know, some sort of sandwich. Right. Yeah. That would have worked well. I get, I think this example, the story that yeah. we're sharing here, which is not the same one that's in the book. Uh -huh. The book is an apostrophe one, but you'll have to read the oh, book for that my one. Lands. That's hilarious. Um, this story <laughs> illustrates that we were right not to apply to the amazing race. Oh yeah. The pressure, the, Ooh, it would have been humiliating, which is maybe a good thing to be humiliated. Right. <laughs> okay. The next one is a me first fighter has a desire to be right. Mm -hmm. Which we just talked about. And a team first fighter is, um, relinquishing of the need to be right. Yeah. Um, which, you know, it, it makes sense. I mean, if you're as an individual must be right and your spouse therefore is wrong that's not good for your team. That's not good for your marriage. You know, you both right. want to get on the same page and both, you know, agree to, to something, to being right together. Yeah. It actually makes me think of an article that I wrote at mm. one point about, you hear all these jokes about men saying, yes, you know, my yes, wife's dear. always right. And uh -huh. I have encouraged, you know, fellow wives to be able to say, it's okay if I'm not right. I don't have to always be right. And those jokes actually aren't funny. Because that's not good for the unity of the marriage if one of you always has to be right and the other one just has to say, okay, dear. Yeah, that's kind of sweeping under the rug, right? Maybe, but it's... If I, I, mean, if I just say, you're right, well, then we really haven't resolved anything, worked through anything, come out the other end or stronger. But it's, to, not, it's also not being a team if one of you right. has to always be right and the other one knows their place is to say... That's kind of disrespectful. Yeah. But that's kind of a tangent there. <laughs> anyway, back to our list. We're on the seventh row in our two-column chart. <laughs> For those of you that like charts. <laughs> uh, me first fighter characterized by a lack of control about how to speak about the other person to others versus a team first fighter. Uh, a concentrated effort to speak positively of the, of the others. Right. And I don't know that this actually applies to this particular story mm -hmm. unless I were bad-mouthing you to the children. But they were with us. They they got to see the whole uh, uncomfortable sure. thing um, So a, a me-first fighter could be venting or grumbling right. to, to their friends about your spouse. Yeah. Like if I had talked to my buddies and said, yeah, she was such a jerk, you know, mm -hmm. insisting that she was right. Um, if I'm grumbling about Ashley to to others about our conflicts, you know, that may make me f feel better or right. might protect my reputation, but it's not hurting. It's not helping 
the Slater family, the Slater yeah. team. And we'll actually talk about cool. in a future episode how you should pick those friends that if you are doing that to them, they will say, hmm, okay, but maybe you were wrong, Ted. You want uh-huh. those kind of friends right. who don't just affirm you um, at all costs. But that's a future episode. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all of those things on that list really stem from embracing what Paul talks about in Philippians 2.3, which says to do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Okay, so here's the thing. Sometimes even if we have the right how when it comes to working through conflict, which is kind of what we've talked about, it's kind of a game plan. Mm-hmm. If we want to get back to game plan again for working through conflict, just kind of guidelines. Um, sometimes our when, when we fight might be off. And I think this is, mm-hmm. we're a little maybe countercultural in the Christian community when we talk about this, but mm-hmm. the verse about don't let the sun go down on your anger. anger. Um, for us, we don't take that literally. Yeah. Because I think the spirit behind it is don't put off resolving conflict. Don't put off dealing with this anger thing, this thing that's causing anger. Don't keep putting it off. But if we get a, in a some sort of argument right before bed, if we attempt to resolve it, then it might be a shallow resolution. It might be an artificial. It might just be sweeping under the rug. We might have to say, listen, I don't know what just happened. I need to think about this. I need to figure out what's been going on in my heart. Um, I need to look at the words I use that may have escalated this argument. And I can I won't be able to complete that process tonight. Can we talk about it tomorrow? Right. We take what's called, what I call a break room uh-huh. in our marriage. And I mean, if you think about it, you know, at work, people have break rooms mm-hmm. where they go and they take a break, but it's temporary. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you always... A, one of those TV shows that we watch once in a while where, where every episode is that, like they're always in the break room. <laughs> right. Not working. No. Yeah. Uh, that's but a, I mean, a break room TV sitcoms. is meant to be temporary. Right. You know, you step away from the stress of your current situation mm-hmm. so that you can clear your head, you can think about it, and then you can come back ready to work through it. We have done premarital mentoring over the years. Mm-hmm. And this seems, conflict seems to be something that we end up talking about a lot. Right. And so we really walk the couples that we we meet with, we walk them through what this looks like in a practical way in our own marriage. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, what does it look like in a practical way to really take a break with the intention of coming back? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, you've kind of already shared a little bit of it, but I think it's important to say you should not shut down or just storm off. You really should, as you said, say, okay, I can't do this right now. I do want to work through it, but I need to come back to it later. Right. And if uh, conflict is kind of like an adventure, um, then when conflict, when you're in the midst of it, I mean, see yourself as, you know, the superhero where you find the energy, you find, uh, you know, the commitment to say, I want to, I want to resolve this. I want to work through this, but right now I, I don't know what to do. Don't know what to say. I'm at a loss. Can we take some time, um, apart to, to figure out what's been going on, what this is all about. Um, I need to take some time to, again, to check my heart, check my, uh, attitude, um, and just then come back at some point, 
you know, soon, hopefully within a day. <laughs> um, and, uh, and then you'll be better equipped to resolve it. Right. And work through it. And you may and work through it during that time. Maybe you think of your communication sandwich if you need mm-hmm. to have one in that situation. There's a book that we've read. Right. For men only. For yeah, women only. exactly. Mm-hmm. And in there, they actually talk about how it takes men longer to process this new information, especially when there's conflict. Right. So if, if the, the wife is like, I, I know how to process this. Let's just deal with it. Let's work through this. Well, the husband may be like, I, I can't right now. I literally physically can't. I need some time just to re you know review what just happened right and sometimes if you push it Ugh. it's just gonna escalate it. escalate and i've seen that with us i mean sometimes i will push it and you may get defensive rather than really take the time mm-hmm. to think about it because you feel attacked but mm-hmm. once you've had time to think about it then we're able to have a better conversation right. get away from the heat of the moment but I didn't know that for years in our marriage. I didn't realize that it took you longer to process it than it did me. So that once we read that, I think it was a couple of years ago, it was eye-opening. It was so helpful. And well, it plays into this break room idea too. Back to your chart. Um, a team-centered mentality is other is thinking the other. And right there, you're thinking of me. Sometimes I can't process things as quickly as you can. So you're thinking of me, and that helps us get on the same page, uh, resolve the conflict. Right, and it keeps me from saying things I shouldn't say, too. Mm. <laughs> Never <laughs> done that before. <laughs> Oof. All right, so to review. Yes. There's no question that learning to face conflict as a team takes work. It's not something most of us are naturally inclined to. Absolutely. And it's certainly not always easy. It's uncomfortable. Absolutely. And it can make us late for date night sometimes, or it can make date <laughs> night very uncomfortable. <laughs> but when we choose to put the long-term health of our marriage and its mission ahead of our personal agenda, it's well worth the effort. Not only are we strengthening and deepening our marriage, but we're ultimately choosing to reflect Christ. So we mm-hmm. have an S-time challenge. Is this the end? This is the end. Uh, I think we talked about a lot. We have talked a lot about a lot. All right. So yeah. What us time challenge do we have? For Watch them? a movie. No, that is not every us time. Eat food. Challenge. Well, okay. Here's what okay. I was thinking. I was thinking take some time. Something adventurous. Yeah, to think back to an adventure mm-hmm. that you've had, and I would say pick an adventure that is overall positive, but mm-hmm. that included some sort of challenge that you had to work that was uncomfortable, and you had to work together to overcome, and then. Think about how you did that and what worked well for you, what didn't work well, and how you can apply that to the next time you have conflict with each other. How can you face it together? And I think that our New York subway one is one of those mm-hmm. adventures for us. We mm-hmm. came, I think we came through it better and stronger for having worked together. I agree. I think the next time we're on the subway, <laughs> we're going to handle it much differently. Absolutely. Yes, dear. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we hope this was encouraging and helpful to you. And remember, we're cheering on your team us. The Team Us podcast is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. If you enjoyed Ted and Ashley's conversation today, would you leave the show a rating and review in your favorite podcast app? It really does help more people like you find the show. 
This podcast was produced by me, Kelly Givens, and Stephen Sanders, with executive oversight by Stephen McGarvey. To find more faith-filled, encouraging podcasts like this one, just head over to lifeaudio.com. I'm Don Hawkins, and I once heard Chick-fil-A founder Truett Cathy say, you can tell if a person needs encouragement, check to see if they're breathing. I'd like to invite you to my weekly podcast, Encouragement for You, featuring encouraging guests like Dr. Greg and Aaron Smalley, Dan Cathy, the late Dr. Frank Menrith, Josh McDowell, and more. To subscribe to my weekly Encouragement for You podcast, go to lifeaudio.com. That's lifeaudio.com.